Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves for Macca's, Juicy Angus Beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Macca's today. Yes, indeed. A very good evening to you. Welcome to the Macca's Run. Uh, this show is all about catching you up on what you might have missed throughout the day on SEN and providing you your chance to have your say on the news of the day. You can do that on 1300 736 736. The Harcourt's open line is exactly that. Your move, your Harcourt's. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourt's. You can text in 0433 on the temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. It's all for the My Maccas Rewards, which has arrived. Earn rewards with every Maccas run. You can order via the My Maccas app and start earning today. So plenty happening, uh, obviously, after a big weekend. Round nine delivered up plenty to sink our teeth into. Uh, and, of course, the Australian sporting world and cricketing world still reeling from another tragic death in the cricketing ranks. Uh, Andrew Simons, at 46 years of age, sadly uh, dying over the weekend. Um, a, a car accident, single car, single person car accident. We all woke up to that on Sunday morning and it's been hard to get your head around it since. We're going to speak to uh, one of Australia's greatest ever captains, uh, and Queenslanders in Alan Border is going to join us at 6.30. Uh, Crash Craddock told a, a fascinating story today and, and a great yarn about Andrew Simons being the only person that he can uh, think of in history to have the uh, the confidence to give AB some batting tips. So we'll get that story from the horse's mouth and, uh, and of course, remember... Uh, Andrew Simons uh, with Andrew uh, with Alan Border a little later on in the program. From a footy point of view, um, Essendon is the big talking point. Uh, we're going to get to the reaction to Essendon's performance over the weekend, uh, going down in just horrendous fashion to the Sydney Swans. But uh, from uh, Emma, from an NRO, from an MRO point of view, just the news coming through this afternoon that Richmond are going to challenge uh, Marlon Pickett's high bump. Uh, at the tribunal uh, to hope that he can play in the dream time at the G game. Um, it's one of the most special uh, games on the calendar every AFL season. Uh, so Doug Nichols round, but also to the, the original game that started it all, the dream time at the G game. Uh, he's actually designed Richmond's Indigenous jumper this year, uh, but the high bump on Dylan Moore uh, in the act of shepherding, in Richmond's win over Hawthorne on Saturday afternoon at the MCG. Tigers uh, are looking to prove that he didn't make high contact with Moore despite the force uh, of the bump. So the reverse angle uh, that's be, that was used by the MRO to cite uh, Marlon Pickett does appear to show the high contact. It's uh, quite quickly into frame and there's not multiple angles that we can see and it's not the most definitive of angles as well. Um, so that's going to play out tomorrow night at the tribunal. Sydney also, from what we're led to believe, uh, looking to challenge James James Rowbottom's one-match ban for his high shot on Zach Merritt uh, after the Swans dominated 
the Dons at the SCG over the weekend. So Rowbottom runs past the ball. Uh, he got merit high. That's indisputable. While the Essendon vice-captain was, was able to get up and play, uh, he was clearly hit high and there was some force in it as well. I've had a look at that a few times and I'm not sure whether they're looking to argue that perhaps Callum Mills might have pushed Rowbottom in to Zach Merritt. Um, Zach Merritt fumbles the ball. He looks to reach out to grab it again. He sort of stands up a little bit and, and goes a little to the left, and then the, the, the contact is made by James Rowbottom. So that's to play out at the MRO, and we're still waiting on some decisions MRO-wise to be handed down uh, from the weekend's play. We will find out uh, what Liam Ryan's penalty is um, from his bump, and uh, I reckon there's a couple of others that are going to have a, a pretty nervous wait as well. So once we have that news, we will let you know straight away. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to have your say on the news of the day. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. But it really has been Essendon that uh, most of our footy analysts have been putting a very fine tooth comb through. Um, their performance was there for all to see uh, going down to the uh, the Swans in um, well Trying to find the right word to describe it, I think, is, is what we're having the most trouble with. What's the word that most does Essendon's performance over the Swans justice? 58-point loss. They kick 6-11-47 to Sydney's 14-21. So Sydney were horribly inaccurate. And so the damage would have been a hell of a lot worse if they had have kicked straight. But they laid just 30 tackles in the game. It's from Sir Swamp Thing's Twitter handle. The only reason to have a Twitter handle is so you can follow Sir Swamp Thing on it. That's the least amount of tackles that have been laid at a game at the SCG since 2003. We know it's probably the smallest ground that any team plays on regularly. Uh, And to lose the disposal count in the manner that they did, and then to lose the tackle count. So they were minus 63 in disposal lesson, and yet they were minus 26 in tackles as well. That's as embarrassing as it gets for any footy team on any given day. Uh, And Nathan Buckley started us off this morning with Gary Lyon uh, every Monday from 6am. Timmy Watson back tomorrow. Fascinated to hear what Tim Watson will be saying about the performance of the the side that he helped uh, achieve greatness with. This was Nathan Buckley this morning with Gary Lyon. They've been kicked and they've been pilloried. And there's there's a very good reason for that because for me... And as Ben Ratton said after the game, they have been uncompetitive, and that is in the contest and in the general flow of play. And that was the thing that was most disappointing. So if you don't win contestable, you still need to tackle. Essendon only had fifty-two tackle attempts for a whole game, let alone tackle fifty-two tackle attempts, thirty tackles in total, and had thirty effective tackles. Archie Perkins was their highest with five tackle attempts. Callum Mills is in the middle, right? Had thirteen tackles off fifteen okay. attempts. Okay, the whole. Essendon midfield didn't match those attempts and and um, effective tackles. There was no willingness to work to put a pressure on the opponent, and we we spoke about him just trying to rack up numbers potentially. Mm-hmm. But it, it, there's no there was no go. And the leaders McGrath stood up a month ago and said we need to own this. Um, so Heppel say there's nothing wrong with this. Enjoying our footy, you're not going to enjoy your footy if you don't have a crack. We always go back to the senior coach, and yes, he has a very important role to play in it. What we can't escape, though, is that the players and the staff are part of the environment of the football club. Now, how is that environment? When you're not winning, it's challenging, but you really find out about everyone around it. So how is the leadership? From the CEO, the football manager, 
the the senior coach, the assistant coaches, the leaders on field, how aligned are they? How connected are they? And when the pressure comes on, you either crack or you stand up. Are you worried? If you do, you think they're not aligned? Well, if you look at Essendon, you know, for a long a long period, they just haven't been able to. When the pressure comes on, they have been a, they've been a club that just haven't been able to stick fat, knuckle down and grind their way out of it. Now there is an opportunity to do that now. They don't they don't need to make finals, but they need to they need to lock in and grind themselves out of this moment by moment. And it's going to be investment on and off the field by everyone that's in, that's got a red sash. So that was Nathan Buckley and Gary Lyon on SEN Breakfast this morning. David King in the Monday Means Test with Jerry Waitley. SEN.com.au to hear the full Means Test, but David King had his say on Essendon as well. They've become a hard watch, haven't they? Like, I don't know what's happened at, at Essendon because it was only about three years ago I thought they had, they had the list to win a flag, three, four years ago. And then their list has potentially got better since then. I know they lost Danaher, which was a big, big loss for the for the structure of that side. And if he's there, does he does he win your games? He probably does. But the the talent they had come in over the last two to three years, high end draft selections, young kids that are going to be stars, and still they're performing. You know, Perkins and Hobbs and Reed, these guys. I don't know what's happened. I really don't. And, and all you can do is, I I think they live a lie a little bit. The Bombers. I don't know if their leaders are absolutely honest with the the, the group. Um, it's a warm and fuzzy environment out there internally, and sometimes warm and fuzzy doesn't really thrash out the problems, you know. David King, and and then of course we've we've seen the vision. It's it's compelling vision too when you look at Luke Parker, and it's been discussed a lot over the weekend. It's been discussed today. But in an era now where we see just a week ago we were talking about Essendon and. You know, their captain, Dawson Heppel, was pretty strong in saying, no, he's absolutely fine with the players laughing and, and, and you know, having a smile and, and, and being able to um, engage with their opponents after the game. And, you know, he wouldn't tell his, his missus or his kids not to smile after a tough day and he's not going to tell the players to do that either. So in an era now where we some old school people that will look at it uh, a side that's just been belted, having a, a laugh and a joke with the, the person that's just given them that belting out on the field. That's the era that we live in now. So the players are very pro each other. They spend a lot, you know, they are, they're, a lot, they're mates with so many players from other teams. Uh, there's a lot more movement in the game now. So a lot of lot more players know each other personally. So there's a lot more relationships that spread between the clubs and, and between the playing groups. In this era, where the players are so supportive of each other, to see Luke Parker, not once, not twice, not three times, not four times, not five times, but I reckon it was six times, make the ducking of the head motion to Dylan Shield after he'd coughed up a ball in a tackle and, and Luke Parker slots a, a brilliant goal for, on the run from 50. That's almost unheard of. We know that sledging still exists to a certain point, but it's a lot more discreet and it's not never as obvious. That, that is as damning as it gets when an opposition player will openly and as brazenly as that accuse you of being scared and accuse you of being soft. And you wonder, is that the view held by the rest of the players about where the Essendon footy club are at? And in these moments, I always think about the fans because the fans will defend their club to the hilt. They, they turn up week in, week out. They pay up year in, year out when it comes to memberships and jumpers. But I reckon there's just a minimum 
requirement in that contract between the emotional contract between you and the club you love. I, I know you're going to lose at times and I'll be able to cop it as long as I feel like you've given everything. And I'd be really curious to know from Essendon fans watching that. And I'm not, I'm not big on a pile on of players uh, and, and sack coaches and all that kind of stuff. And, but I just wonder how you as an Essendon fan are feeling watching that. And it's a broader question too. What's the minimum that you, you, that you feel like it's okay to get from a team before you say, no, nah, I, I, I can't keep stumping up money for that? Because I just get the feeling that there'd be some Essendon fans that would be feeling that that is below the minimum requirement needed to keep fronting up with the money and to keep fronting up in attendance. That was very white flag. I wonder. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A couple of texts coming through. Lackluster, the Essendon performance. That's from Rhett in Hughesdale. Uh, Flash in the pan team. Are Essendon on the road to nowhere? They really miss Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. They certainly do. And, and I've, a few weeks ago, pointed out that they don't have Jake Stringer. They don't have Harrison Jones, and they don't have Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. That's three out of their top four goal kickers, I think, from last year, or at least three out of the top five. So that's a struggle to get the goals. But this isn't about the goals. None of this criticism is about their lack of being able to score, because I think everyone understands that. This is about some of those non-negotiables. This is about that old cliche of the one and two percenters. This is just wanting to know that you've given everything, despite it all. And you can hold your head up high when you walk off and your team will clap you off to say, I know you just got belted, but you gave it everything and we're proud of you. I don't. Is there an Essendon fan right now that is after that performance on the weekend that he's saying, I know you gave your all and I'm proud of you? one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. I want to go to... Uh, I want to go to Ron on the Bass Coast when I can get this uh, computer to actually do what I'm asking it to do, which is good fun uh, when the equipment just says no, not interested. Ah, there we go. Uh, Ron on the Bass Coast. G'day, Ron. Yeah, mate. Um, over a 30-year member. I only ever miss a game. I go off with mates, and I know one of them's listening. We're passionate at them, but we've just about had enough. My kids go every week. They're going crooked me for making barrack for Essendon when they're growing up. Mate, we've had enough. I mean... I don't mind losing. It's how you lose that, that I go on about. And last week was pathetic, absolutely pathetic. And we just don't know where the club's going. And we're getting to the age now where we won't see these blokes win another final. The club. I mean, what the, what we dished up on, on Saturday night, back in the 80s and the 90s and 2000s, we wouldn't have done that. I'd love to get James Hurd back because he wouldn't let him do that. Because he's oh. through and through, and that's what we need. Kevin, the, the vision of Kevin Sheedy and the coach up in the stands Shaking his head. He, he just, I don't know if you've you seen it, but he was yeah. yeah, it's a great point you make, and it was on my list of things to write down. You know, Kevin Sheedy is as staunch as it gets. He will defend that club to the hilt, um, and he is one of the greatest ever that's walked through the doors there. He's a legend of the game, literally, and of that club, and um, he would know that the cameras would come to him. And for him to be visibly shaking his head and so disappointed, I think that says more than any words ever could, Ron. Uh, and I'm not one for tear up your memberships. I don't like any of that. I, I love loyalty and fans are the most loyal there is. They will find a way to defend the indefensible week in, week out. And I love that part of the job. But Essendon fans or any fan who's going through a rough trot will find a way to defend 
what for others is indefensible. But I'm wondering, is there anyone that can defend that from the weekend? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Andrew in Carolyn Springs. Hello, mate. Mate, how are you going? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, look, yeah, pretty uh, upset Bomber supporter at the moment. Um, look, I did buy a membership this year just for um, a, you know, a birthday present for the club, 150 years. And, um, yeah, it just pretty much started It started pretty bad and hasn't gotten any better. Um, I don't know where, what's happened. I mean, we were doing so well last year. I mean, pretty much every game we are playing we're into every game except for maybe two or three. And I couldn't say anything bad about them last year. They did fantastic. And... And this year, I think it's just, I'm not sure what's happened. I mean, look, our midfield is a bit light, as in body strength. Uh, we've got a lot of um, medium-sized uh, midfielders at the moment with uh, Stringer, uh, Shield and Langford out. But you can't, that doesn't, you can't, there's injuries doesn't make you not chase and not mm. run down or, or back up your teammate. I mean, that was pretty pretty pathetic on my team on the weekend. I mean, no one helped uh, Merrick get up. No one helped Shield. I mean, I just, I just, I'm not sure where we're all going at the moment. I'm not, I don't think we're on the the one page. I mean, how can it all go wrong in the space of six months? But the only thing I could, I think of, look, even we started the preseason. I don't know, two or three weeks earlier than the whole competition, and maybe they just burnt out by the time the season started. I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm just lost. I'm, I'm, I had no, and I had no. I always every game, I always have something good to say about the team. With a young, a, guy, yep. a young guy played well on the weekend. Nothing, mate. I, I, absolutely nothing, and that's uh, very disappointing and uh, depressing at the moment. Yeah, see, see the boys, I, especially in the 150th year. Yep. I mean, to pull up an yeah, that hurts. This, that hurts, doesn't it, Andrew? The 150th year. That hurts just even a little bit more because it is supposed to be a celebration. It doesn't always go to plan. There are fairy tales in sport, but not always. Uh, and there's a lot coming through. So, Jono, Glenda and Michael, stay right there. I'll come back to you on the other side of this. Uh, there is a ton of text coming through as well. I'll go to the break with this one. The only place Essendon team would be successful is at the MRO. Contact, non-existent. Impact, low. Unintentional and no damage done to opponent. No fine. Free to play next week. Thanks, Chris O. Not so jubilant bomber fan at the moment. Sorry, Richie. Uh, Richie, hard to argue, mate, but some sharp stuff too. This is the Macca's Run. The Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. The Macca's, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Macca's today. The scoreboard in the end probably flattered us a fair bit. You know, I think um, Sydney's opportunities in front of goal, you know, I think the scoreboard didn't quite reflect the game. You know, it's... Yeah, we're just comprehensively beaten, you know, in a lot of areas, but in particular the contest, you know, their contest work and their pressure, their tackling so much better than ours. That was what was really disappointing. The smaller ground, the opposition demanded a contested pressure tackling game and we weren't up for it. In particular, our more senior players, they're the ones that we need to to pave the way and, and shine a light for our younger guys. Um, they didn't do that tonight. That's Ben Rutten after the Sydney loss, 58 points. Um, talking about being comprehensively beaten, putting it on the senior players to stand up. Only in his second year at the helm outright. Um, certainly, I'm not one to throw the coach out uh, just in his second year yet, but he said that they would be a team that is defence first and that would be known for their defence. So it's one of two things going on, or maybe it's a bit of both. One, the team are just, and the players are just refusing to do what he's asking, uh, or two, that what he's asking 
isn't very good and that the plan isn't working. Maybe they are executing exactly how he wants, but it's just not working. Maybe it's a little column A, maybe it's a little column B. But I was asking you as an Essendon fan or member tonight, what's the minimum that you're willing to accept where you'd still say, I'll stand up and clap you when you walk off, knowing that you gave it all and, and we're proud of the effort that you put in. I reckon they were flirting with that and maybe even uh, went below that on Saturday. Glenda's in Berwick. G'day, Glenda. Oh, hi, darling. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Oh, that's okay. Um, yes, I'm an Essendon supporter and I've worked for them for 60 years. Um, I'm just really disappointed. Mm. Mainly, I'm disappointed in the tackling, I mean, and the pressure. I think the only way to win a football game, of course, you've got to have your good players um, and your average players. Um, look, we've got a full forward. I, I think our back line's okay, but what I can see is there's no pressure and mm. um, and the tackling, it's, oh, it's just... It's, it's just non-existent, like, you know, Glenda. Non-existent. Yeah, and, and look, I played netball, and you weren't allowed to tackle in that, but I played netball in the country. So, you know, we used to uh, put our elbows... Absolutely. I've seen some very, very (laughs) rough games of netball. Uh, Glenda, thank you so much for the call. We're just about to hit the ad break, so I just wanted to quickly get to Jono, but you're a star and always love it when you call. Thank you. Um, Jono's on the road. Jono, just before we hit the break, mate, what have you got for us? Essendon? Yeah. Yeah, I'll just keep it quick. Um, just in relation to the development of the younger squad, I think this is actually really destructive because they mm. have no club culture and their development will inevitably be stunted through this capitulation that is now going to be elongated for God knows how long. Um, and it was a really interesting point about the column A, column B. I totally agree with you. Thanks very much. Thank you, John. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, David King said today that at the moment you've got to move some of those senior players out from those prime positions in the middle because that's setting a bad example for those young players. Uh, Alan Border and Jimmy Marr to join us in the next half hour to talk Andrew Simons. The Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. The Maccas, Juicy Angus Beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today. Uh, yeah, welcome back or to the Macca's Run, whichever category uh, fits you best. Great to have your company, however you're joining us, wherever you're joining us. My Macca's Rewards has arrived. Earn rewards with every Macca's Run. Order via the My Macca's app and start earning today. The Macca's Run, your chance to have your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts. For all things real estate, speak to Harcourts or you can text in zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text temper. Uh, a mattress like no other. Um, it's been a, a very sad weekend in Australian sport and it feels like it's been an incredibly tough just not just this year, but going back to September last year, where in that time we've inexplicably lost uh, four greats of the game in Dean Jones, Rodney Marr, Shane Warne, and unfortunately over the weekend, Andrew Simons, a single-car, single-person accident just 50 kilometres out of Townsville at the age of 46, gone far too soon. And we've heard over the last 48 hours from Adam Gilchrist uh, not long after the news had broken, uh, Damien Fleming as well, Ian Healy, um, I'll play a little bit of Adam Gilchrist's chat that he had on air today on SENWA with Darren Lehman and, and Justin Langer. Uh, but there was a story that uh, Crash Craddock told Jared Waitley today, which I thought would give us an opportunity to get one of our greatest ever on. And let's just have a listen to Crash today with Jared Waitley. And he even took Border aside. And this is an extraordinary story. No one gave Alan Border technical advice. 
except, can you believe this, a 21-year-old Andrew Simons who said, AB, you're out of form. John Inverarity taught us these skills where you hit a ball on the, where they're sitting stationary on the ground. You hit it 20 times and get your timing right. So Border said, oh, whatever, and I'll do it. <laughs> and guess what? He played him back into form. So yeah. that was a fearless Andrew Simons. <laughs> It's a great story from Crash Craddock in, in, in anything but great circumstances. And uh, I'd much prefer to be speaking to one of the most revered and one of our greatest ever under much better circumstances. But uh, Alan Border has been good enough to jump on the line with us uh, to talk about uh, Andrew Simons. AB, thanks so much for being with us. And I wish it was under much happier circumstances. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, because, I mean, you're talking about, you know, one of the, one of the great sort of teammates and, mm. and people to play play our game. Um, both Tech and One Day Cricket, uh, he was fantastic 2020. I mean, he had all the skills, and but what what made everyone love him is just his character. Yeah. He, he just was just the most brilliant bloke to do anything for you. Um, you know, you... you you just knew you, you you're in you're in a stash. He's he's there right next to you. You know he, he was just that sort of bloke. And, yeah, it's just shocked everyone. Uh, it's been a really or well, tough day today in particular for me personally. Mm. Yesterday, it's funny how things work out. I was I, you know over in Singapore when I heard the news, and my son had spent uh, spent a couple of uh, late nights with uh, Andrew um, <laughs> just not so long ago, and um, we were talking about that and. Yeah, you get on the plane. I'm back in Sydney, and it's, it's actually real. You know, it felt, felt didn't feel feel real yesterday, but today it uh, hit me pretty hard. I, I must admit, I shed a few tears this morning. And, mm. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, just one of those strange uh, periods, you know, where you yeah the emotional roller coaster that we're sort of riding a bit at, at the moment with um, the, the cricket fraternity. Yeah, you know, because we're we're talking about good people here. You know, they're, yeah. they're really good, solid human beings, and um, yeah, just yeah, as you said in the intro, left left us far too young. Yeah, he certainly has, and and it's hard to fathom. It's hard to fathom four occurrences such as these since September of last year, let alone one, uh, one let yes. alone four. It, it just it doesn't make any sense. But and it's very hard to make sense of. Do, do you? This is what's coming through about Andrew Simons because he was one of the most exciting cricketers to watch, but he was also one of the most loved and liked by fans. But what we're hearing now, and it might be the greatest compliment you can get in sport, is that it's it's you can be one of the greatest players on your day, or one of the best players on your day, or a match winner on your day. And he was certainly that. I mean, Australia never lost a one day or a test in which he scored a century. So he is a match winner by definition. Yep. But to hear oh, yeah. the people say that. Not only was he one of our best players in that era, but he was your best teammate. That is as high a praise as it gets in sport, isn't it? I would have thought so. I mean, you, you want to be a, 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 the best player you can be, but you also want your players to enjoy playing with you. Mm. And he, he's, he fits that bill. Yep. I mean, there's not many around. You know, I think off, off the top of my head is um, Mervyn Hughes. Yeah. He's sort of bloke that just everyone loves, you know. Even even if he's trying to knock your head off in a, in a, in a game as an opposition, you know, afterwards um, um, he's just uh, your, your best buddy. So Andrew was that style of character that um, even opposition teams, you know, enjoyed his company. And I saw a tweet from uh, Brian Lara. You know, they, they'd got on famously well. He and uh, Andrew, and um, you know, just he couldn't believe it. You know, that, that, that when he first played against this bloke, how 
you know, like how competitive he was out in the field when um, he was doing his thing, but off the field, you know, one, one of the great, great blokes and great blokes to have a beer with, you know, just uh, special. You know, it's, it's just uh, hard to describe it really, just how how special he was to everyone. And, yeah, much much loved character. And I think that's coming through. Everything I've written, uh, I've seen written and uh, talked about, um, it just, it just, you know, the, the, the message comes through loud and clear, doesn't it? But, uh, yeah. you know, we're talking about, you know, the top shelf of uh, of um, individuals and cricketers that, um, you know, that, that, that we've come across in our, in our lifetime. And uh, it's, it's so, so sad that um, we're not going to get to, um, you know, hear any more Royisms and uh, all the little quirky um, sort of funny things that he got up to, you know. He's just, uh, just a special personality. Absolutely, and his commentary was um, incredibly underrated, but so interesting. I mean, he was as unique as it comes in that space, and uh, we, we can talk about that. But I was just curious, the, the story that Crash told earlier about him just sidling up and giving us some pointers, is that one of your earliest memories of Andrew Simons, AB? And if not, then do you remember the first time you you, you met him and your first impressions of him? Uh, I, think, I think I met him at um, state training initially, mm. um, you know, just a young young uh, whippersnapper um, and uh, but you know very likable even back in those days he was pretty shy really mm. uh, once once he got you know into the things he was uh, you know the life of the party but um, yeah look he was um, I, I was his first roommate so I had to look after the two young blokes when they were making their de- debut um, uh, Matthew Mott and Andrew Simons they'd sort of carried all before them uh, you know in the, in the underage sort of uh, group cricket but now they're with the big boys, so they got. Um, I, I got to room with them in, in my last year, so I'm a you know like approaching forty year old man, and I've got, to, I've got to look after these two twenty year olds. So it was a, you know, it was a, it was a hard assignment, but uh, we got through, got through, and they they both had pretty good careers. You know, Andrew obviously the, you know, vastly more talented sort of a cricketer, but Matthew might, um, you know, was a very good career in his own right, mm. and you know his forte has been uh, coaching. So yeah. Yeah, that was my first sort of foray into, you know, Andrew Simons, and was in my last year of first-class cricket, and subsequent years, you know, through selection, and um, I was involved with. I was a director at Queensland Cricket, so you know, I saw his progression, you know, through the Sheffield Shield ranks and then into the international scene as a selector. So um, yeah, I've, yeah, we've had a relationship, you know, subsequently anyway, because uh, you know the Bulls Masters uh, with Jimmy Ma at the helm, yeah, you know, do a lot of good things in in country Queensland, and uh, we've got a, a a gathering again up in Kansas um, next week. So I'd imagine there'd yeah, be a lot I'm of sure emotion. Would have been yeah. at that as well. I'd imagine there's going to be a lot of emotion around that uh, AB, and and we're oh, yeah. thinking of of, of Laura and, and Chloe and Billy. It, do you do you yeah. remember when he sidled up to you and gave you some pointers about your batting and how did you handle it uh, at the time? Oh no no, he, he was just interesting the way he talked about uh, John Inverarity had sort of um, you know developed these skills. You know, of course, you know my my upbringing, you, you basically just went in the nets, had a bit of mm. a bat. And, you know, you might be lucky if one of the senior guys had a bit of a chat to you. You sort of um, it was a sink or swim sort of um, <laughs> process, but um, you know, as we've seen with coaching injected into the more professional sort of game now. Um, you know, so I was at the tail end of my my time and uh, I wasn't playing particularly well. I kept slicing the ball into the gully and getting caught in that region. 
and uh, it was a bit frustrating. And, of course, Andrew had done these drills with um, uh, Inver's, you know, keeping the bat nice and straight. And I was a bit, you know, like, <laughs> typical. Yeah, you sort of think, oh, I know better than these young blokes. Um, I've been through it all. I've had a pretty good career. But um, it actually worked. I started to hit the ball a lot better and, um, you know, finished off the season really well. So, yeah, look, I, then I became, you know, obviously a little bit more of a fan of... Um, you know, the modern cricket mm. coaching and what they can bring to the table. Uh, it's a great story. I wouldn't imagine there'd been many that might have had the temerity to start giving you pointers, <laughs> A.B., in your time. Well, well, I suppose, yeah. Look, he's that sort of character. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't take anything from Warren, you know, Ponting. If he, if he thought something wasn't quite right in a team meeting or out in the field or something, he would... Um, he would voice his opinion, and uh, he was probably one of the only ones who could get away with it. Uh, yeah, just the way he did it, um, you weren't weren't really aggrieved as the individual who copped a, a little bit of flack. You, you, he, he always did it with a bit of a twinkle in his eye. So you, you sort of, if you knew him well enough, you knew that you know he's having a crack. He's not happy, but you know there's no malice in, t- in, in, in uh, uh, meant. Ab, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and having a chat to us and sharing your thoughts and your memories of Andrew Simons. It's been a really tough six months or a few months and yeah. then obviously going back yeah. to Dino last year and um, mm. it, it's going to be tougher for a little while yet as we're still coming to terms with all of it really. And I just want to thank you. Our, our, our audience revere you and love you and are greatly appreciative to you. For, for coming on, and, and I am as well. Thank you so much. Oh, look, I, I think you know he's a sort of um, personality that needs a good send off, and yep. I, you know all the stuff that I, I've heard and seen. You know, he, he, he deserves it. You know, he was he was one of the real good bikes to play our game. Solid, yep. solid, real solid human being. Ab, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Not, not a problem. Uh, Alan Border, uh, one of our greatest ever speaking about uh, a man that he describes as one of the greatest ever people that he's had the pleasure of meeting in the game. And it's a good chance now to bring in another one of Andrew Simons' great mates um, who I've had the pleasure of sitting down with and and hearing some stories um, a couple of times, uh, not only of his own career, which was fantastic in in his own right, but but certainly he's always got a couple of great yarns about his great mate, Andrew Simons. And I know that he'll be hurting, and that's why I'm greatly appreciative of Jimmy Ma uh, jumping on with us as well. Jimmy... Um, mate, thank you so much for being with us. How, how are you tracking? Yeah, it's been tough, mate. Um, uh, last, um, yeah, last 24 hours, I mean, today was sort of a bit more real because I've, I've come up to Townsville and sort of this afternoon, been with the family pretty much all afternoon, just going over things and, and you know, trying to help out where, where I can. And um, so sort of, yeah, it's a bit sort of... Uh, yeah, it's sort of. I guess you you sort of hoping yesterday and, and even today was about uh, sort of reality sort of struck when I walked through those gates of the Townsville Airport and it's you know every other time you, you come here he'll be there to greet you and just sort of you know hit me between the eyes. Uh, how are his family doing? Yeah, I mean they I mean they're they're strong. I mean they're they're doing as well as they they can at the moment with obviously still a fair bit you know a bit of shock involved and be a lot of you know there's a lot of different emotions going through everyone I suppose but they, they're um, look they're considering the circumstances and how you know sudden it sort of happened I think that they've, they've um, yeah they're, they're 
you know, strong people and doing a tremendous job. It's, you know, it's, it's actually, it's nice to be here with them and, and even to be here with Chloe and Willie's two children and, um, you know, that they've, they've been fantastic this afternoon. It's just been good to be here to help them. Um, Jimmy, you, we, we know all the numbers and we know just how, how, how talented and, and special a, a cricketer Andrew Simons was. So I mentioned before to AB that Australia never lost a test or a one day in which he scored 100. So he was by every definition a match winner. When he played well, the team played well. He was a two-time uh, World Cup winner. If he wasn't planting sixes out of the ground, he was planting streakers on it. Um, he gave great memory after great memory uh, in terms of what he delivered as a cricketer, and he's still the third highest player uh, in terms of price taken at the IPL auction. And you just the mind just starts to get quite overwhelmed in thinking how much money he would have earned if if IPL was there from the start of his career, not just at the end of it. So we know all of that, but what we don't know is what you know, um, and you had the pleasure of being one of his best mates. What what was Andrew Simons like, uh, the mate? Oh, mate, he, I always refer to him as a trenches man. You know, he's just mm. the sort of person that if you if you go on a war, he's the first bloke you'd, you'd you'd take next to you. You know, he'd be right by your side. And uh, once he had your back, he always had your back. And you know, that's you know, a lot of people won't know, wouldn't know that Roy and I, you know, we we started our careers, you know, pretty much ran parallel. He grew mm. up in Charters Towers, and I grew up in Far North Queensland. You know, born in Innisfail and grew up in Cairns and. Uh, FNQ, NQ, you know, we started playing cricket together from the ages of, of eight years old. So we, we've, you know, we go way back. And when we won that World Cup in 03, that was um, so special because we'd sort of come from eight-year-old kids all in line together. And here we are in South Africa winning the World Cup. So that was why, you know, people say, why was, was that such a big thing and such a big emotion? Well, that's, that's why it was. And he... He just, yeah, he was just someone so fiercely loyal. Um, and I was, I was writing some notes on the plane today about, you know, reflecting on on what it was, and you know, we had so many sort of moments where he and I could sort of look at each other, and you'd start laughing because we knew what we didn't have to say any words. You'd, we we both knew what each other was thinking. It was just one of those things that developed over time, and he had tremendous instincts. He he was very good at reading a situation. He was very good at reading a person. He was very good at you know, knowing, you know, he had a really good filter, you know, sometimes people didn't like that, but he had a good filter about, mm. you know, who, who he could trust and who he couldn't. And, and I think from a, you know, off field point of view, you, you just felt every, if he was beside you, you felt like you're walking taller, if that makes sense. You sort of yep. you felt safe. You felt a sense of security. And, and that's in amongst, that's talking about a person that, that, um, that I guess was a big risk taker as well. So it, that, they don't normally go hand in hand. So it's a, it's a unique thing. You sort of feel safe and secure amongst someone who takes so many risks and, and at times can be, can be brilliant or, or, or can be the opposite end of the spectrum. So you sort of, but that didn't matter. You just, it was Roy, you know, so anything mm. could happen. And, you know, I mean, from a cricket point of view, we all know his deeds, as, as, as you quite rightly pointed out, but it was, you know, he could bowl off spin if he needed to. He bowled medium pace. He was a brilliant fieldsman, both hands. Mm. You know, uh, the, the list goes on. And just a tremendous um, teammate and bloke to have in your corner at all times. And, yeah, you're going to be sorely missed, mate. Absolutely. J- Jimmy, the, the story that I've heard you tell a few times before, and this is not trying to focus on one of the the rough moments of his career, but it was the way in which he handled it, which I've, I've found fascinating, the insight, is that, if I'm not mistaken, were you the man that had to pick him up when he was sent home from Darwin? Yeah, yeah. He um, he basically came back and I, 
Cricket Australia were on the phone to me as a mate, and obviously he was having some trouble times, and um, you had to organise sort of getting to get him sort of try and keep him away from the media as much as possible, and shuffle him home as quick as I could when he got back, and um, you know, and the enormity of the situation. I was sort of had been up that morning from, since five o'clock, sort of trying to get organised for his. I think he was landing at about midnight. Um, you know, when he landed, I was sort of waiting for you know a bit of not so much remorse, but you know, you know rock Marlow, I've buggered up here. You know, what, what, what should I do? All he proceeded to do was just innocently jumped in the car. He, he had a quirk, quirk at me, sort of saying, "You think you're James Bond, don't you?" You know, picking me up out of the back, out of the out of the the um, catering lift at the airport. We've dodged a media scrum of you know fifty or sixty people that are all waiting about near the baggage carousel. We've whipped him out the side, and then all the first five minutes of the drive back towards his house, he was all he was talking about was the size of the Baron. And it was just sort of, hang on a minute, this it was almost like it hadn't happened. And then halfway down the road, he sort of said, oh, mate, why don't we just duck into the Bracky Creek for a steak? We've just had 60 media people not, you know, not um, be able to see you. Oh, we've got you away from them and you want to go to the busy at 12 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, you want to go to the Bracky Creek Hotel. Yeah, no one will find you there, Roy. He said, oh, yeah, good point, mate. Said, well, what are we doing? I said, I'm taking you home. And I'm going to have spend time with my kids and I'll catch up with you tomorrow. Right, <laughs> right. And that was it. So it's just, again, innocently, it was just a black and white situation where he, he hadn't seen me. Mate, we've got to have a steak, you know, and it was forget what's happened, you know, have a look at these fish, mm. forget what's happened, we'll fix that later, let's go and have a steak. And that was just him. Jimmy, um, mate, thank you so much for jumping on in, in what I'm sure is one of the most difficult circumstances uh, that you've faced losing one of your best mates and and what you're doing for the family uh, and being able to jump on with us it is greatly appreciated Um, thank you for joining us look after yourself um, and and we'll speak to you soon thanks a lot Sam appreciate it Uh, Jimmy Ma great mate Queensland teammate World Cup teammate with Andrew Simons and uh, the man that uh, is probably the keeper of some of the best Andrew Simons stories that, that there is and that was just one of them and um, a very, very tough time. And so we appreciate Alan Border and Jimmy Ma uh, jumping on with us as we remember and pay our respects to uh, one of the great players and, and great people is what we're finding of Australian cricket and uh, Australian sport. Uh, Valet Andrew Simons. The Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. The Maccas, Juicy Angus Beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today. Uh, just to finish up this evening, some news coming through from the MRO. Liam Ryan has been charged for his bump on Jake Bowie, offered a one-game suspension, careless conduct, medium impact and high contact. Uh, Jake Bowie did play out the rest of the game. Cade Chandler has been charged from the same game for rough conduct. Dangerous tackle on Luke Foley. Um, he was offered a two-game suspension, careless conduct, high impact, high contact. Uh, Luke Foley did not play out the rest of the game. Uh, the rising star for round nine is Corey Durden from Carlton. He was brilliant in 19 disposals, five score involvements, two goals. Him and Matt Owies might be two of the best front and centre players uh, that I can think of 
at the moment in the game. Their ability to hit the front of the pack at pace was on full display against the Giants. So that's a wonderful nomination and well-deserved. Uh, Corey Durden from the Blues, the rising star. And Zach Williams does not have an Achilles injury. The scans have confirmed he has a high-grade calf strain. So Zach Williams still 10 to 12 weeks on the sidelines, though, with that calf strain. Uh, but hopefully he can get back sooner rather than later. Uh, that's pretty much it from us from the Maccas run point of view. Earn rewards with every My Maccas run. Uh, order via the My Maccas app and start earning today. Sporting Capital up next. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.